0: hartiva dharano dhumast hartiva dharano dhumast tasmad agnye antri mayaha tasmad agnye vai satvam yad bhrama satvam
1: yad bhrama
0: Partiva Dutter no Dumas, Tasma Dagni, Tasma trai maya Trayi, Tamasa Mayaha, Tamasas Tura just as not, Tamasas Tura just Satvam Yadra Madashana, Satvam Partiva Taramo Dumas, Partiva Dutter no Dumas, Sastura just a smile from Yakramatar Set from Yakramatar Shanam Vaishnavis Partiva Dara no Dumas Matagni Strayi Maya Tasma Sastura just a smile from Yakramatar Shanam Set from Yakramatar hārtīvāt from earth earth. dārūna firewood Firewood. dūmāha smoke Smoke. tasmat from that that. agni Agni. fire Fire. Fire. trai Vedic sacrifices sacrifices. mayaha Mayaha. made of of. tamasa Tamasa. Tamasa. in the mode of ignorance to To. To. but But. But. rāja The mode of passion, passion. tosmad, Tosmad. from that. that. Sattvam, Sattvam. the mode of goodness, goodness. yet, Yet. which, Brahma, Brahma. the absolute truth, truth. darshanam, Darshanam. Realization. realization. Firewood is a transformation of earth, but smoke is better than the raw wood, and fire is still better. For, by fire, we can derive the benefits of superior knowledge through Vedic sacrifices. Similarly, passion, rajas, is better than ignorance, tamas. But goodness, sattva, is best because, by goodness, one can come to realize the absolute truth. As explained above, one can get release from the conditioned life of material existence by devotional service to the Personality of Godhead. It is further comprehended herein, that one has to rise to the platform of the mode of goodness, sattva, so that one can be eligible for the devotional service of the Lord. But if there are impediments on the progressive path, anyone, even from the platform of tamas, can gradually rise to the sattva platform by the expert direction of the spiritual master. Sincere candidates must therefore approach an expert spiritual master for such a progressive march and the bona fide expert spiritual master is competent to direct a disciple from any stage of life, tamas, rajas, or sattva. It is a mistake, therefore, to consider that worship of any quality or any form of the Supreme Personality of God, it is equally beneficial. Except Vishnu, all separated forms are manifested under the conditions of material energy, and therefore the forms of material energy cannot help anyone rise to the platform of sattva which alone can liberate a person from material bondage. The uncivilized state of, of life, or the life of the lower animals, is controlled by the mode of tamas. The civilized life of man with a passion for various types of material benefits is the stage of rajas. This, the rajas stage of life gives a slight clue to the realization of the absolute truth and the forms of fine sentiments and philosophy art and culture, with moral and ethical principles. But the mode of sattva is a still higher stage of material quality, which actually helps one in realizing the absolute truth. In other words, there is a qualitative difference between the different kinds of worshipping methods, as well as the respective results derived from the predominating deities, namely Brahma, Vishnu and Hara. Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurum Miditamnina Tasmai Sri Garavena Chayashri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhundyananda Sriadvaita Garadhara Srivasa Ari Dora Bhaktivenda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare This is a practical analogy as starts with the raw wood And then comes to smoke. And then comes to fire. It's comparing the raw wood to tamas, or the mode of nature in which one becomes unproductive as a spiritual being. Rajas gives a slight indication that there's life. But, as Prabhupada writes elsewhere, smoke disturbs but never serves, unless you're a beekeeper. And then finally, there's sattva, which is compared to fire. And fire, of course, we know is very useful, but the pinnacle of use is in sacrifice, Vedic sacrifice, which means that the fire is accepting our offerings that we're giving to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And this, of course, is the purpose of life, is to come to the stage of giving to the Supreme Lord unreservedly. And in the other stages of life, the impetus to give to the Supreme Lord is not manifested fully. There's a sense of trying to adjust the environment in rajas so that I can feel satisfied. But the standard of the Bhagavatam cuts directly to the point, which is Hari Toshinam. We have to please Hari. And by pleasing Hari and cooperating with Him and giving service to Him, as Krishna has already suggested in the Bhagavad Gita Sarvadaraman Prithyaja, mami Kam Sharanam Vraja. just do everything for me, work for me, instead of working for yourself and I'll protect you, I'll take care of all your uh, affairs. Coming here, we've noticed in London, there's a lot of effort to construct buildings, and there has been in the past, Buckingham Palace is a, a, quite an undertaking. Uh, all the stores, however, we noticed, they're mostly clothing or food and probably a lot of nail salons mm-hmm. because that's what keeps any economy going. We notice when we go on Sankirtan there's an inordinate number of nail salons everywhere. Nail and, nails and hair, which is appropriate because it sort of indicates the superfluous aspect of our lives. Okay, there's hair, there's nails. Uh, it's not that big a deal, but let's make it a big deal. A haircut costs $300 probably if you're lucky nowadays, I wouldn't know. But there's uh, a lot of emphasis on clothing, on food, and so forth. And this uh, doesn't e- even reach the upper levels of Rajas, that ta- Srila Prabhupada is speaking about here. We did see one theater, La Miserab, <laughs> is playing, and there's some sense of moral principle in that play, movie. And... This is beginning to come to the upper levels of rajas, human sentiment for higher values and so forth. But, when we come here, we drive out in front of the temple, we see that there's a full-on presentation of shuddha-sattva. The Krishna consciousness movement is a direct presentation, uh, and it's very practical for people who are in the lower modalities to, to come up to the And this is achieved through the process of devotional service. As mentioned in the Bhagavatam itself, uh, starting with Shrushu Vasudeva Kataruchi, Vipra, Shavanat. If you render service to the devotees, then you'll. Uh, in that spirit of service, you'll start to notice that actually I feel uh, better. I, I actually feel happy. I, I'm, I'd like to do this more. And then there's a uh, desire to hear. This this is born from service to the devotees by sangha. Satam prasangam amavirya sambido bhavanti hrit karna rasayana Tajjoshanadashuapavargavartani means by associating with devotees there's a step-by-step impetus that grows within the heart of the person in which uh, he or she wants to hear more. Because the association of devotees essentially means hearing. It means that the devotees are talking about Krishna. And then that acts as a kind of remedy to the impetus to try to enjoy matter, which is an affliction, because there is no enjoyment of matter. We're very subtle, and matter is gross. And the, the, the more subtle cannot engr- enjoy something that's grosser than itself. And so it's a futile attempt. But in the Association of Devotees, when we begin to hear about Krishna, Satam Prasangam, Mamavirya Sambido, Kabila Dev said it's a very beautiful kind of sound variation to the ears. It sounds attractive. And it actually reverses one's trajectory from Pavarga, Pa, 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 Ma, which means Pa. Pa means Parishram. You have to work hard. And pa means finial, which means you work so hard that foam comes from your mouth. And then ba means that everything that you do ultimately leads in defeat. I hope I'm not bumming anybody out here. Ba means fear while you're doing it, and ma means death or ritual. And this is called pavarga, the path of the material world. But by the vibration in the association of devotees one, that one hears, one Uh, reverses that and it becomes apavarga. Apavarga means actually I'm going to the spiritual world and from there bhakti, the natural sense of love for Krishna, begins to awaken the heart. rati, then strong attraction, then uh, shraddha, shraddha means faith rati, bhakti bhakti means full-blown devotional service. So by the association of devotees, then one develops this natural progression of uh, um, advancement in devotional service. And uh, then, Srinvatam Swakata krishna punya shravana kirtana. Sridyantak badrani vidhunoti suratsatam. The hearing of the Bhagavatam, hearing about Krishna, then enlivens Krishna, who's within the heart. He's called Vitunoti. Vitunoti means that, he, first of all, he's our friend, Suhrit, our best friend. He's within our heart, and he helps us to sort out our feelings about where we want to uh, serve. So, I'm thinking I would like to enjoy the material world, but in association with devotees and hearing the transcendental sound vibration, I reconsider. And Krishna's helping, because after all, we're not dead stones. We have volition, and Krishna doesn't interfere with our independence, but he tries to clear the way for us, so that we'll make the right choice. And this is the Vidhunoti. And Vidhunoti Suritsutam. So once the devotee starts to feel that I'm getting improvement by being in the vibration of the Bhagavatam, then he or she spends more time hearing... And Bhagavatam then said, Sutta Goswami is saying, This is punya shravanakirtana. This is very good. This is actually your your asset. You're developing assets here. In the material world, it's all risk and no gain. And hearing Bhagavatam and the culture of devotional service is all gain and no risk. baca sadharmata Narada says, if you uh, have this desire that let me give more to Krishna and less to my material life, then there may be a lingering thought that, yeah, but what will happen to me? And says, says, nothing's going to happen to you except for you're going to make advancement. And if you go for it, and let's say you go for it a little harder than you were ready for, your apakva, apakva but you were enthusiastic. So don't worry about it. You tried. And that progress won't be lost. And you may just keep going. So don't hesitate. Take the risk to give your attention more and more to hearing about Krishna and to serving Krishna. You won't be the loser. punya Shravanakirtana. śrāvana kīrtana. You're getting uh, credit. It's being recorded and counted. So you're making progress. And nityam bhagavata sevaya shloke bhaktir bhavati That as you continue, then the pinching from the modes of material nature will begin to diminish by regularly hearing bhagavatam. Regularly means at least once a day. So actually the admonition is nityam bhagavata seva. You should do it always. But... Our Acharyas, Jiva Goswami, Vishenav, Chakravarti, Thakur say in this connection that for those who are beginning and still have obligations in the material world, the idea that you do it constantly, like Maharaj Prikshit, may seem onerous. And therefore, uh, Nitya means at least every day. Every day is, is a compact unit. You can't skip one. Sadhana means every day you have to do. And if you hear Bhagavatam every day in the association of devotees then uh, the <clears throat> you'll notice for yourself that the attraction to the material world is diminishing and tada at that time tada rajas tamo bhava, we're speaking about the modes of material nature and a practical way to rise above them to the fire-like stage and tada rajas tamo bhava loba so Within the, in the mode of passion, noticeably there's, there's kama loba, means there's an intense desire to enjoy the senses. Uh, as a great miracle, the great miracle of the world, that begins to diminish. <laughs> and the kroda, the anger that results from not getting one's desires fulfilled, it must be God's fault. I hate everybody. and so forth, etc, etc, ad infinitum. This diminishes because one starts to feel gratitude for what one is, that I am an eternal part of Krishna. I I I am happy by service. Tada Rajas bhava Kama cheta eter anavidham Stitam There's a standing now. Stitam means it's cognate with stand in English. It means you have a place that you you're not pushed around by the modes of material nature anymore. This is the stage of Bhakti, where uh, no longer am I impelled by my desires, and, and now I can stand on my own two feet without being pushed around. Kama adinam <speaking> katina katita palita durni deshas. <speaking in> Tesham <Spanish> jatamaina kanonanatrapo na pashanti. Utridayatanata yarupate sampritis the devotee comes to this realization at this point of nishta, which is that, uh, wow, how long have I obeyed the bad masters of my senses? For how long and how many ways? Palita durni They're bad masters. I've obeyed them unreservedly. Uh, they've never given me mercy, they never gave me time off, and they've never been really helpful to me at all. But I went on serving them. But now, no more. I've uh, awakened my intelligence. This is the beginning of Nishta. Uh, love the Buddhi. My intelligence has awakened that actually my real benefit in life is to serve Krishna. Now my impetus is to give my service to Krishna instead. And so at this point, the, the, the devotee then rises from the modes of material nature into the position of uh, sattva. But the sattva mentioned here at the end of this verse, tadā rajas tamobhāvā kāmalobhādayaścaya, cheta This sattva is not the uh, mode of, of goodness in the material world, but it refers to shuddha-sattva, the beyond the three modes of material nature. So, it, the, the result of that, of touching that shuddha-sattva, evam uh, prasanna-manaso bhagavad-bhakti-yogata, bhagavad mukta, muktasanga-sujayate. The first symptom is joyfulness. There's a natural uh, sense of happiness that we don't get in the material world because I'm feeling oppressed by the debt, the burden of debt that I'm under because of trying to get something in the material world. They have to pay it back. And like student debt, do you have that in your country? In our country, it's, it's inordinate. Students, if you go to a good school, you end up paying... $150,000, $200,000 in student debt, maybe more, uh, after your four years, six years, eight years, 12 years in college, and then you have to go to work for another eight years, 12 years to pay off your debt. In the material world, it's more than that because whatever kind of facilities we take in this material world are uh, not without a cost. The bill comes in the mail in the form of karma, we have to pay it off. In fact, the debt is so great that there's uh, not much place to store it. It's called karma. You have to pay it. And so you can only pay off a certain amount in one lifetime. The rest of it's stored in those auxiliary storage places you can get outside the city. They're waiting for you in your next life, in your next life, in your next life. And so this is a great burden upon the poor little soul who just wants to have fun, anandamayo byasat. He's just eager to dance and sing and have a little prasadam and do service. But no, no, you have to work hard for the uh, the masters, the senses, and some other kinds of horrifically um, ill-intended people in the material world. But when one starts to realize one's relationship with Krishna through hearing, then one evam prasanna manaso, the mind becomes happy because, hey, the whole thing was a fake-out. The whole material world, Prabhupada says, is a colossal hoax. My real identity is that I'm a servant of Krishna and I have no other business. Once one starts to feel this, he wants to run up these stairs. You don't just walk... "Eh." But you, you bound up the stairs. Oh, good. There's more time to hear. There's more time to serve. I'm, I'm alive. I can just do whatever I want for Krishna. And this is the happy life. evam prasanna manaso bhagavat bhakti yogata. Bhagavat tattva vignanam. And this person is not sentimental. Bhagavat uh, tattva He or she knows uh, directly, clearly, has knowledge. I'm not my body. I know what happens when I leave my body. I know that I'm a spiritual soul, have a relationship with the Supreme. I know that the Supreme is personal. I know that he has various aspects. He realizes all the categories of energies also. Which one's to touch, which one's not to touch. He understands the science quite clearly. This is called Upanishad, sit up close. Good devotee, Hare Krishna. And bhagavat tattva vijnanam mukta sangha sijayate This person is liberated even in this body. Uh, just because you're in a, a material body, but once the consciousness begins to turn, then uh, one realizes that I'm, I'm not part of this world. And is operating in the world only for the purpose of serving Krishna. Then vidyate hriya grantis, Chijante, sarvasamshaya, shriyante chasya karmani, drishtay eva, anishvare. Then the association of the material world is cut. I'm in the, in the material world, but I'm not touching it. brahman yadaya karamani sangam tyakva karotiya lipite nasa pāpenam padma patram basa. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, the person is working, just like the lotus flower, it's immersed in water, but it's never touched by the water. So the person whose full intention is just simply to serve Krishna, is not, a tr- not attached to the result. Of, 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 in fact, the person is eager not to take the result of his or her work, and knowing full well the implications. In fact, Srila Vyasadeva uh, in the uh, Yoga Sutras gives the commentary that the consummate yogi is very sensitive while moving around this world not to become implicated again. How sensitive? As sensitive as an eyeball. The eye is the most sensitive part of the body. If you get one little eyelash in your eye, you'll want to get it out right away because it's painful. And similarly, the yogi, the devotee who's developed the sense of how to move in the world, very careful not to claim any uh, results here in the material world, only giving everything to Krishna. And is very sensitive also about the khladini samskars Hladini-samskars, the yogis know that the kind of happiness I get from interaction with the senses is implicating. And therefore, it's like, I don't want to touch it. It's all pleasure for Krishna. I don't want to enjoy my senses in the material world. yehi bhoga evate adhyanta vanta kontayana te shuramate buddha, Krishna himself says in the Bhagavad Gita, that the person who knows the science of Krishna consciousness uh, understands that interaction with the modes of material nature, especially with the idea that maybe I'll get something out of it, that uh, that's the cause of misery. That's a revelation. Most people don't know that. It's not common knowledge. Most people are going headlong into the modes of material nature, thinking that I'll wrangle with it and I'll make it work. One way or another, I'm going I'm to fix my path here in the material world. But it's not to happen. The greatest kings, emperors have tried and they have full facility, but they end up, as Muchakunda says, slaves to their senses here in the material world. So this verse is giving us a tattva. Tut tatt means that, thatness. What is what? What is? What constitutes the various categories of reality? So we should know that it's not all one. Everything makes a difference, and how we move in the world is consequential. Consequential. There's a sequence that unfolds when we act in various ways, and. Uh, on, Anyarevahura sambhavad, anyarahura iti Shri says, one result is obtained by worshipping the supreme cause of all causes. A different result is obtained by worshipping that which is not supreme. All this was heard from the undisturbed authorities who clearly explained it. So, knowing the higher and lower energies and which to engage in and which... To avoid is a basic principle of human life. It's absolutely necessary for one to be successful in life. So don't uh, become implicated by the lower modes of material nature. Uh, uh, Practice Krishna consciousness to rise above the modes of material nature and become fully situated in śruta-sattva, na bhakti-yogena-sevate, sagudan samatit If you stay on the path every day doing devotional service, then gradually you'll rise above the three modes of material nature and come to the spiritual platform. And this is very much needed and wanted, especially in this lifetime, because we don't know what will happen in the next. We may lose our place in the queue. Now we'll take a few reflections or questions. Reflection's easy, It just means anything you've heard from the purport or the monologue that's stuck in your mind and you'd like to amplify it by repeating it back or a question related to the topic that will expand the conversation in a meaningful way. If you ask a bad question, I'll give you 100 pounds. Yes, Prabhu? You want to ask a bad question? <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in my bag. <laughs> I Keep it with me. So I'm not sure if it's a good question or a bad question, but just towards the end of your time, thank you, by the way, Prabhu, for coming and giving us as your association. It's so association. nice to see you, Hare Krishna, and to see all of you here that have uh, made a stand right here in the middle of London to be immersed in Krishna consciousness. It's, it's, it's admired, I guarantee you, by all the devas and all the great devotees to see all of you here just fully engaging under the protection of the Parampara. Thank you. Hare Krishna. So towards the end, you said if we just steadily engage in devotional service uh, over, over some years, then we'll come to the spiritual platform. So what happens if we don't? Or well, what's happening? What's happening if we don't? Yeah. Well, there there can be very various reasons why uh, I'm waylaid on the path of advancement and devotional service. One of them can be aparadha, which means I'm doing things that are like pouring water on the fire when I'm trying to light it. So it immensely helps to observe the prohibitions. Uh, Topmost among them is to avoid uh, conversations, uh, or that includes on the internet, that are for um, demeaning devotees. Not helpful in that realm. Um, Probably best to take it as one's own religion to find fault in oneself and leave it at that and then work on those faults, rather than observe the faults in others. Even if you do discover faults in others, and you're able to articulate them, unless you have been appointed by the person to help him or her to overcome them, uh, they probably won't appreciate your free advice, especially if it's put on the internet as an open letter, or comment, or sour Uh, comment or damnation by faint praise. So, uh, don't um, enter into the realm. A realm is defined by its sound vibration. And so don't enter into the realm of uh, criticizing Vaishnavas. You can sign a sheet. There's a little sheet you can sign that has a box on it you can check that says, I won't enter into the deliberation upon or the criticizing of devotees, deliberation on the faults of the devotees or the outward criticizing of devotees. And there's a box, you check the box and then you can sign your name at the bottom and then you you can mail it in. And then you're part of the elite members of the spiritual family that have sworn off criticizing devotees. Anybody want to sign up? You probably already signed up. You sent yours in a long time ago. So yeah, you want to sign up. So you can sign up for that. And there are very others, various other very beneficial ways in which uh, one can protect oneself from being um, waylaid on the process of Krishna consciousness. Uh, one of them is just not showing up. That doesn't help. Like if you're going to college, and you don't show up, then what happens? Generally. Does anybody know? You guys don't know. You fail. You what? Yeah, it's really hard to learn stuff when you're not there, and you don't show up. And if, if we don't show up for our practices, like I'm there, but I'm somewhere else, and it's hard to get traction and so forth. So it's illegal. You're not supposed to Hang around and not make advancement. You're supposed to lean into it and try to get inspirational sadhana. And if, you, if you're if you having... Uh, if there are obstacles, then find guidance. It's really helpful to find people who are compassionate and advanced um, whom you can ask in various circumstances because everyone runs into obstacles. And if you've lined it up ahead of time so that you can get... Um, compassionate guidance then you can overcome a lot of those obstacles I do it all the time I have identified people that I really trust and that I know are very advanced and that uh, whenever I have uh, an obstacle a doubt hesitation uh, a slow period plateau I hate plateaus do you hate plateaus? two of you? three? Hate plateaus. You know, we want to feel like we're making advancement. So when I feel those coming on, I have people who help me get off the plateau or overcome the obstacles. It can give me uh, inspiration. Even top-level athletes, they all have uh, coaches. Remember Andre Agassi? Who is his coach? No tennis players in here. But I, I just remember seeing he had a top-level professional person who was always with him, watching. How are you doing it? How's it going? Uh, you know, oh, your swing's a little off. You got to try harder to approach the net, and so forth. You know, we're we're beleaguered here in this material world, overcome by various modes. We may not see the see them coming even. So it's good to put oneself in. Uh, or surround oneself with good guidance. This is the best way to make advancement in any discipline is find people who are really expert and then be constantly in touch with them to, to help because then you get immediate benefit of their experience. This is what guru means, the principle of guru. So surround yourself with gurus so that there's a, 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 you're sub, subjecting yourself to their overview. And that could be really helpful in rising above this, um, the doldrums, you know, niyamagraha, I'm doing everything but I'm not advancing. Probably you were going to ask something. Yeah, I thought you were. No hundred dollars though for you. Or pounds. I, I just, you don't have to, I just thought you were going to, does anybody have a question? Yes. A reflection or question? Work with me, people. Reflect back something you heard. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.
1: You mentioned about us making a stand in London, kind of behind enemy lines, constantly being inundated by the lower mowers. Can you please give us some advice? How can we come to the mode of goodness in this environment, this atmosphere?
0: Well, one thing is, encourage each other. It's a personal process. Each person came here because he or she felt something unusual. And that moment that he or she felt it was very special. And when we look at devotees, we should see greatness. And if we take time to encourage the devotees, just feel something in your heart for them. Uh, whenever you see them, That these are... These are my allies, my best friends. When you're living in close quarters and you see people brushing their teeth every day, you might think, oh, the guy takes too long uh, to brush his teeth. Or whatever it might be. You can may add a whole, me- whole list. But uh, remember, just remember the, the, the rarity of pure devotees. Anybody who's coming in and wants to chant Hare Krishna is considered the best of the whole population so we have the association of such people and if if we have that in our heart and then our Preoccupation is going out of our way to appreciate the devotees and encourage them and find find what the devotees are doing right and Take a moment to appreciate it. It, It's a an enlivening um, kind of service to do and if the whole community gets used to doing that it's very helpful because That Making a stand anywhere is uh, a valorous uh, activity, and as you mentioned, you know, you can get attacked from all sides. Just make the internal part of it very strong by remembering who the devotees are, and also um, keep the transcendental vibration going. Transcendental vibration is what lifts us up. It's very helpful. And... Be fully present as much as possible for for the for why we're doing what we're doing here, and re- renew that idea. I always like to ask, why are we doing this? Like the other day, I was in New York. We were in New York. This is my wife, Nirakula. My name is Vaiseshi Das. Nice to meet you all. We're from California. We live in a house, and uh, we like devotees. And. Um, we were in New York, and we started a little japa circle. Because I noticed in the temple room, it's a huge temple room, about five, ten times bigger than this. And devotees are spread all over the place. Some sitting in a corner, somebody else is sitting there looking at their phone. And so we pulled together a little circle of devotees. And we were chanting in a, in a japa circle. And... Um, then everyone started feeling uh, more enlivened, you know, seeing each other chant. And it's helpful to not just take for granted the like, I'm doing something, therefore it's, it's good enough. But try to find ways to uh, concentrate the energy and don't take anything for granted. My father, uh, when he was in college, worked in a repertory theater. And uh, he told me that in repertory theater, when you're doing the same play every night for weeks, months, sometimes years, that the the actors start to get bored, and it shows. So then the the director would have some of the actors come out off cue, come out stage left instead of stage right, uh, say you. Your line a little differently so that it kept everybody on their toes because the other actors were waiting like something's gonna be different tonight (laughs) but we don't know what it is so they're waiting for it so when you're in a repertory theater like this you're coming every day Mangalartik doing the Guru Puja find ways to essentialize it ask why am I doing this so we were sitting in the japa circle and just stopped and said, okay, why are you chanting japa? And it brought everything to consciousness because we went around and the devotees were saying why they were chanting. And the reasons that they gave resonated with everybody and with themselves also. It was like, yeah, why am I chanting anyway? Because I can be sitting there thinking like, what time is it? And what are we having for prasadam? Or I could be elsewhere. So to help each other, encourage one another, we, we have to create a vital environment, so everyone feels, yes, uh, I, I'm remembering my purpose. Why did I come here? What are we doing? Where are we going? Why are we doing this? That's why we have prayers before prasadam. You know, the sharira vidya Jao jodendriya All these uh, prayers are meant so we remember. And so why am I honoring prasadam? What is it? And so forth. Otherwise, I can do. I can be sailing through, doing a lots lots of different things, and forget about it. It happens to everybody, so uh, that's uh, helpful in, uh, to to vitalize the environment. Okay, I'm probably getting getting on in time here, aren't I? Is it finished? That sounded tentative. Is it finished? You tell me. What time's the class over usually? Eight thirty. Okay, (laughs) Prabhu. Is everyone okay? Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Uh, For, I mean, I don't want to say anything. I I don't don't want to flutter a speaker who is very exalted, but I want to place a question because, uh, I mean, we observe the way you preach on the street, and uh, uh, I would really appreciate, you would appreciate, I suppose, all of us, if you give us advice, for example, for preaching, yeah, because London is the place where rajas and tamas is very prominent, and uh, we go out and we preach to young people, for example, and uh, we try to attract them to Christian consciousness. Now, uh, <laughs> our Acharya Prabhupada was very, like, maintaining this ch- ch- chopping technique, he was very, he was, would never hold back to criticize, uh, like, I mean, phenomena from whatever, ma- uh, mat- uh, variety of material phenomena from even politics or, or so- social phenomena, yeah? So how can we actually, without flattering people, avo- uh, how-, how can we actually uh, uh, avoid to, uh, to put them off by maybe, Being too sharp or too too critical. What should be our, to say, uh, uh, a style when we we approach young people? What what would you say? Like, for example, for for particularly for London, like uh, this type of environment. How how can we attract people to Christian consciousness, but without putting them off by maybe sharp criticism or of certain phenomena, for example, related to Rajas and Tamas because we know people function on that. In, in those
0: modes? well sharpness is uh, should be purposeful it's like with a knife a knife has to be sharp so you can cut things and use them and uh, a scalpel should be really sharp. The sharper it is the less somebody feels uh, the the cut as it's a finer cut so we should be sharp ourselves. The sharpness should start with our own perception of who we are and what we're doing. And I find that in interacting with people, there's a balance. We can't, um, well, let me say, first of all, we should be uh, very kind and understanding with people. Uh, if, if we respect them and, and we don't condescend, uh, people are allergic to condescension. And if we honestly put ourselves in their place and feel that, uh, hey, you know, we're both human beings, they're souls also, and you can see the soul shining through, they're just a little more entangled than I am, and I'm here as as a friend, not as their ultimate savior, or as somebody who's better than them, but uh, I'm a fellow traveler, and uh, and I'm here uh, doing work based on um, the, you know, the principles of Bhagavad Gita, and so, uh, people, all living entities uh, respond to kindness. If you go up to a, a cat, cats like kindness, you go, hi kitty, you, know, you look nice. And uh, how are you? you? know, The cat will like, you like me? You're not gonna chase me? And then they'll come up and start rubbing against your leg, and it's like, nice cat. That's same with dogs, monkeys, not so much. Uh, <laughs> don't make friends, don't make enemies. Because they're really Rajaguru's. Raja, like you're looking at me. You're looking at me, right? Uh, so, uh, but generally, with, with living entities, they they respond to respect. If you respect them, if you appreciate their space, and you respect that genuinely, respect. And and this is not artificial uttama adhikari, Yes sarvani butani atmani vanupashyati. Anupashyati means that you should systematically see others as spiritual beings following the footsteps, the shastra shakshus, you should see through shastra that they're spiritual beings even if you don't see Krishna directly in everybody's heart and if you have that mindset and show respect to other people based on the fact that they're fellow travelers, they're, they're spiritual souls that then they'll feel it and then also um, what I find that it's helpful to, to know why uh, we, we are presenting what we're presenting and, and be um, straightforward about it. Straightforward in the sense that they may have some whimsical idea that um, maybe I'll take, maybe i will no, no, you should take. Like, uh, I just, the other day, this is an example when we were in Wales, when we were on the street, there was a guy smoking cigarettes. And I walked up to him and, you know, I showed him the book and he wasn't that interested because he was really absorbed in smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. And he looked like he was in anxiety. He didn't look that healthy either, and he was on his work break. All those things, he was really pressured by, uh, by his senses, by his, his occupation and so forth. And so then I said, well, you know, you might as well just give something, because he didn't want the book. He'd give something anyway, we'll pass it on to the next person. He said, I don't have anything. I'm working, I don't keep money on me. And I said, what else do you have? And he said, just these cigarettes. So I said, so give them to me. And, and he said, he was like, wanted to give me one cigarette. And I said, no, give me the whole pack. And he's like, I can't do that. And then he gave me one cigarette, so I took it. And then he voluntarily said, you want the lighter? And I said, yeah, I'll take the lighter. So I took the lighter, and I said, you take the cigarette back. And then he started thinking, what am I going to do with the cigarettes without a lighter, and <laughs> no money to buy another lighter? And that's a, that's a daunting consideration. You know, he has the rest of the day to go. Where is he going to get a light? And so he was, he started sort of panicking. He said, I, "Can I have my lighter back?" And I said, well, "Let's let's talk about it, because <laughs> because uh, you really don't need to smoke, and also." <laughs> Uh, and and here's the part where I, I felt um, as, you know, as a messenger, you know, I, I had to tell him these things straightforwardly. I, you know, even just a health advocate could tell him the same thing. But I felt a little deeper sense of responsibility that, look, I'm engaging with you right here. And, uh, you know, it's my duty to extract something and not just take it. You already gave it. So let me explain it. Let's talk about it. And I told him, I'm going to use this in a spiritual way, and I, and I ultimately did. I took it home, and I use it every morning for my puja. Every time I light the lighter, and I light the incense for, for my deities, then I feel like, okay, he's getting some benefit from this. So, you know, also, I met this, uh, we were at Jagannath Puri. In our, in our yatras, we do book distribution during the yatra. And, you know, all the devotees engage in book distribution wherever we go. So we're out in front of the Jagannath Puri Temple, and we have this big kirtan going on, and book tables, and I'm walking around with the other devotees, selling books, and as I'm talking to this person who's engaged in buying a book, a a beggar, professional beggar from Puri, came in to interject herself into the into the um, our interaction. Have you had this happen? You're talking, and this like somebody comes up and goes, eh, "Give me," you know, and so there's this. Uh, sense like oh it's a beggar you have to give and I was like no no you give me I told the beggar you have to give and people got interested in it I mean, around Puri because they are going wow some you know, rich American guy against <laughs> a, a professional beggar who's going to win this thing? <laughs> it's like a Super Bowl thing so there, they, this crowd came around I said no you give he said I'm not taking the money for myself I'm taking it for Krishna and so I have no compunction about asking a donation from a beggar because the ultimate result is that's connecting her to Krishna and so it was back forth, back forth and finally, because she's from Puri, a big smile broke out on her face. She goes, all right, you're right. And she took out all her change and mm-hmm. she gave it to me and the crowd went, Whoa! like oh. this is a good idea. So my point here is that uh, we have to have this sense of what I'm doing. I'm a representative, so I, I I'm I don't want to deprive every anyone of the opportunity to do to give something. So I, I'm not sentimental on that part, but on this at the same time, I'm very respectful of uh, that, that. You know, people have their own sensitivities and their own sp- sense of space, and and I can't violate that by being condescending. So it's a it is sharp. One has to be sharp on that level of why am I doing this but respectful at the same time. And It's, it's an art. Prabhupada called it an art. So going out to meet people and present Krishna consciousness is edifying. It's a high sadhana. That's why we do it. Because we get polished by that process. If you meet people all the time and you're interacting with them on this subtle level, it's like kung fu fighting all day long on the subtle level level, and we have to refine ourselves to have the wherewithal and the empowerment in order to be a conduit for them. That's what we're doing. And so we have to be a proper conduit. Our ego can't get in the way that, I want to control this person, and if they're not controllable, I become angry. This, is a, this can happen. In fact, it happened to me. I was in the St. Louis airport, and I just, I mean, I'm sure it happened to me millions of times. because. Uh, you know, I'm a conditioned soul. But the the presentation, I was showing somebody a book they didn't take, I became, so I forget what happened, but I became angry. And then for the next half hour, people were looking at me like, you're contaminated. I mean, they didn't see the re- interaction, but they just saw, you know, somehow it's on a subtle level, I was contaminated. And when we have enough of these interactions here, uh, in, in our duty of presenting Christian consciousness to others, it helps to refine us to come to a place where we know exactly how to uh, interact with people so that we can resonate with, with their soul. And there's nothing more exciting than that. There is no service that is as enlivening as that, as going out for the purpose of sharpening one's own sense of how to present as a representative of Krishna, and that's why we do it. That's why it's such a tasty service. The numbers that we put up, you know, the goals, those are only because humans are goal-driven. You put up a ladder, somebody's gonna be climbing on it. You put up goalposts, we have goalposts, you don't know what those are probably, but they're for our American football. People wanna kick something through it, or you put up a net, and they wanna kick a ball into it, so we go for goals. But our main purpose is our own self-purification, and if we keep that in mind when we go out, then we'll be um, naturally encouraged by by the process. Really long answer to a short question. Just one more?
1: Prabhu? Thank you so much. just kind of brought me back to an interaction I had the other day on books, and um, I felt like I was I, I stopped someone and I showed them a the present of the book, and really nice interaction, but they didn't want the book. And afterwards, I said, "Well, you know, you should give something anyway." And they said, "Well, after what you just told me, I but I don't feel like I want to, but I feel like I feel bad if I don't." That's what I said. Then um, and then. After he walked away, I thought, I don't know if that was a bad or a good thing, because he felt as though, okay, you've just told me all this about what you're doing, about the books, you know, how you guys have charity, etc, now I feel like I have to give you something, but I don't want to. (laughs) So, he didn't give anything, he walked away, and I thought, was it a good thing that he felt like that, or is it? (laughs) Did I present it in such a way that he, it was like a guilt trip, I don't know. Did he have a good impression? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's sometimes hard to tell, but it's good to think about it. And those that get away or where you're left with a sense of wanting afterwards, it's good because that's part of the, the um, refining process. Just like I, I like to say in any hearing and chanting session that we have, it's better to walk away with more questions than answers. Because if you go deeply within the matter, then you'll come out like, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? What, where does this come from? Or like if you're learning music, for instance, if you go to your teacher and you haven't practiced, you've got no questions because you didn't hit any obstacles. So when we go on sankirtan, you're going to find these circumstances where like, did I do the right thing? And then as you think about it and you observe, you'll come to more of a... a determination about what to do next time. And that's how we get better at it because the the more you do it, the more reps you get, the more people you meet, the more you know. It's like, yeah, this is human psychology. Most of it's under the modes of nature. It's all under the modes of nature, so it's it's very predictable. So I don't know, I wasn't there, I couldn't see, but it's good that you're thinking about it. I know uh, over the time, I've refined my approach with people, and I'll give you an example of an incident that stuck in my mind. I was in Honolulu, Hawaii, with my friend Satyadev Puru, we were on our way to Japan, and we spent time in the Honolulu temple doing a lot of hearing and chanting, and then we go out on Sankirtan to Waikiki, and uh, we are out in the evening, balmy weather, and uh, sunset, plumerias in the air. And lots of people there, honeymooners and stuff, I stopped a honeymoon couple. I showed them the first candle of the Bhagavatam. And I was explaining it to them a little bit. And then they said, you know, we're Christians. We don't believe in this. I said, well, you know, we're doing this to spread love for God and maybe if you'd like, you can just give a donation. I can give one to the next person on your behalf. And they said, no, you know, we really don't believe in your cause. And uh, no, thank you. And because I was feeling naturally happy And detached Uh, from my association with Satya Dev Prabhu and the devotees at the temple I said very uh, in a heartfelt way that uh, it was just an honor to meet you and thanks for taking so much of your valuable time and they walked away and a half hour later I was standing somewhere else talking to someone and I saw the couple in my periphery vision and uh, after I was Done with the interaction they came over the couple and they said we changed our mind we'd like to give something (laughs) and uh, they did and then afterwards i said please take the book they said no no we can't take it and i said but it's unfortunate for me because it's a rule if somebody gives i have to give them something they said all right we'll take it (laughs) but what it left me with was in the moment when i was feeling completely detached wasn't that I was disappointed, or you know how like somebody says, I'm a Christian, I don't believe in what you have, and then there can be this sense like, yeah, well, you don't know anything. Like, but I didn't feel that. It was Krishna's mercy in that moment. I didn't feel it. And because of that, uh, when I said those words, it's just an honor to meet you. It was, it was coming from a different place. Uh, that's a weird uh, generic statement. But I, I felt that it had an impact on them because of my intention, the way I said it. And It wasn't a technique. It was me. It was actually me saying it from my heart. So it affected them Souls are sensitive They're sentient that means they can feel things and if if we ourselves are refined and We're feeling for others. We're feeling for uh, You know how we're interacting with all living entities how we're stepping on the earth how we're moving in this world Then when we meet them, they'll feel something that's deeper, that's, it's just beyond like what I say, when I say it, the timing. Those things are important also because we need training wheels to get up and moving, how to interact with people on a psychological level. It's a fantastic service to be able to go out and deal with all these things simultaneously and come to a refinement. You grow by doing this, that's why we do it. It's a high sadhana. So I learned from that that uh, people really do feel things. They notice how we're approaching them, the mood in which we're saying it, how, the, the way we leave them. And the more I stay in that space and prepare myself to be there for them as a conduit, uh, the more I feel like I'm in the flow when I'm on book distribution. I also notice that when I release people from the obligation of giving something, that oftentimes it compels them to give. I've had people, like I remember door-to-door in Toronto, we were going to this big uh, apartment building. Some do what start on the bottom, others go to the top, we meet in the middle, work every door. And so he was talking to this gentleman and he's, he didn't want to give a donation. And I said, that's okay, you gave your valuable time. And I want to respect you for that and you keep the book, it's no problem. And I really meant it because I already made this resolution that I'm not gonna be attached. And so he closed the door. 10 minutes later, he came down to the next floor looking for us. So now I want to give. And you just notice this when you release people. Uh, And I heard this about a Russian distributor. I haven't met him, but I heard years ago, someone told me, I think Vijay Prabhu, that this devotee changed his approach, uh, the non-attached approach. Some people thought he was crazy. And it's like, they're watching him. It's like, you're just giving books away. That's not book distribution. (laughs) But then it, it always would come back you know, in double because you create this mood. It's like a, a vacuum. You know, people can't help it uh, when you give them something selflessly and your intention is really pure. You're not fruitive. You're not, you don't want to control them and become angry when they don't comply to your... Uh, you know, it's like, hey, wait a minute. I did that technique on somebody else and it worked. How come it doesn't work on you? What's, what's your problem? <laughs> you know? it, it, it's a different level. And when we can get into that space, then it's, it's a, a, a different kind of relationship we have with the people on the street. It's kind of noticeable. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for um, coming out for, uh, in this lifetime as devotees and, and making a stand here. It's really important. And the, um, the work you're doing from the center of, of London is, is highly strategic. And um, holding the fort is a high level of devotional service. Just holding the fort. What to speak of the innovations that you're all making together. So take heart. What you're doing is vital and important. You have an army here that is for Krishna. And uh, lean into it. There's only a few more minutes left in this lifetime. We're like little Katvangas. And we only have a couple minutes. So go for it. You know, really go for it and uh, put your heart and soul into this Krishna consciousness movement and by the grace of Srila Prabhupada and the great Acharyas and Lord Chaitanya himself, you'll attain complete success in this one lifetime by dedicating yourself to the sankirtan movement. Om Tat Sat. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.